What's up, guys? This is John uh, driving from, uh, man, northern BC, just just south of the Yukon border, uh, back from a Canadian moose hunt. And I've got shot riding shotgun. We've got Ty Eubanks. He's been um, with us this year doing uh, tons of photo, video stuff. I was pretty into photo stuff. I know nothing about video, and he's an expert at both. So we've been, <laughs> I know this is a shooting podcast, but we've been doing a ton of hunting, and which was obviously my, you know, my first passion before. I mean, I was shooting because of hunting, and the competitive stuff rolled out of that. So we're just got, we, I don't know, it was like a 30-some-hour drive from Oregon all the way up, and we're day one on the way back. Just had a successful hunt. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about... We don't really have an agenda, but we have a long drive. So just video, photo in relation to your guys' hunting, um, and I guess competition too, same thing. It's just action, movement, uh, getting good pictures, good video if you're into it. So what's up, Ty? Yo, yo. We just came off a insane trip yeah. BC. <laughs> it was fun. It was so <clears> – I got to sit down and go through all these podca- podcasts of all these hunts, but we done – I posted a few pictures at this point of the Alaskan hunt um, we had just done for grizzly and moose, and then we were back for a few days, and Ben and I and Ty were scheduled to come up for Canadian moose uh, just south of the Yukon um, at the very you know very north end of, uh, of British Columbia with uh, backcountry BC and beyond. It's Dustin Rose, uh, one of his outfits he's got up here. And last minute, um, it didn't work for Ben, so Ben and Ty did a little horse trading around, and Ty ended up with a once-in-a-lifetime type of a hunt, uh, and so it was just him and I came up. Last minute, we switched from flying to driving, um, being able to get you know meat home if we were successful, and, and it kind of expensive to get uh, get horns and cape and all that stuff back. you got to do export permit out of Canada, and the exporters charge you a pretty generous amount so driving if, if we were successful gets us gets us meat cape horns not having to worry about getting from white horse down to the you know down to camp all that stuff so here we are um I, i'm not sure where to start um well, we can first talk about we're driving through some of the prettiest country i've ever seen with two <laughs> moose racks in the back of the truck <laughs> exactly <laughs> and if you can't tell ties from down uh down south. Oh yeah, I'm a redneck. Yeah, where are you where are you, where are you from? I'm uh, Thomaston, Georgia. So it's like uh, about 45 minutes south of Atlanta. Okay, and then uh, where you been the last year or two? Uh, moved to Montana. So Georgia boy moved out west, and now I live in Hamilton, Montana. So because of hunting. Because of hunting, I need to get those resident tags. <laughs> <laughs> now he's talking about moving to Alaska and British Columbia, and yeah. every place we go, he's going to move there. So. Yeah, yeah. So now I might be a Canadian resident this time in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> so, how old are you? Uh, 23. 23. So, um, when did you get into photography, video stuff? Did um, you get into photography for video or just kind of both at the same time? Or what was that about? Uh, it was about both the same time. I was about 16 or so when I just bought my first eBay camera. I was like 250 bucks, And uh, I was taking some pictures. And I really just wanted to film my own Georgia deer hunts. Like, I just... Okay. You know, white, whitetail hunted around the house and started seeing some decent deer. And, uh, you know, obviously just watching Outdoor cha- Channel and everything mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, man, that, that'd that be cool to get into. So got into that. Then it just absolutely waterfalled from there. Started working for a production company called Sub 7 out of Columbus, Georgia. And they 
film a lot and produce a lot for um, a ton of shows on the Outdoor Channel and Academy, and they have some giant contracts, and mm-hmm. sort of worked for the, them a bit, and then branched off after I uh, graduated high school, tried college for about a semester when uh, Mark from Sub 7 was like, dude, we can put you on the road full time if you want, and that's about all I needed to hear, so <laughs> I uh, walked out of, I actually walked out of college, um, I was in college algebra, and I was in the middle of a test, and I was just like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever read in my life. And literally got up and walked out and walked to my truck and called my parents. Was like, hey, I'm dropping out of college. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like this is just isn't working. So started doing that. and then. Uh, so you were full-time for him? I was full-time for him for about a year. Was um, that mostly like big game or was that any waterfall stuff? That was all big game. So okay. that was, uh, we were, I was on the road with Lee and Tiffany for, a while and then did some uh craig morgan stuff there was a show called the habit that bass pro had and then um, okay. um yeah just doing that and i branched off and was freelance and i still worked for um you know did subcontract work for them for a while and then uh and then yeah uh then just kind of kept networking and kept networking and kind of worked for everybody under the sun the past few years and um yeah mostly under on your own right yeah pretty much everything's been on my own since about 2018 Okay. Yeah. So we met, um, as you guys know, you know, kind of chasing this, the North American 29, going after some kind of some different species. Ben and I were down in California um, last, I guess, that was August, I guess? Yeah, last August. Yeah, uh, to go tule elk hunting, kind of a more rare, you know, subspecies of elk. And so we were down there. Ty was working for a guy on the outdoor channel that was there i didn't know who he was we roll up and ben's like that's larry miller <laughs> i was like i don't know who that is <laughs> and he's got, he's got a big shell i guess anyway you were doing some work for him yeah we were there on a uh, blacktail hunt actually yeah. and uh, i guess he talked to the outfitter and we jetted over and uh, wanted to watch some pilly elk die so yeah so he asked if they could film you know some some a tule hunt ben and i's tule hunt just for a quick snippet on on one of his shows it was really cool it was like a, i don't know was it five little ten minutes right in the beginning yeah, kind of like a that. history yeah. of tule elk and just we didn't ben and i didn't do anything on there but we left and, and ty did some edits for some pictures and i was like i mean a lot of i know enough about camera stuff i was kind of particular and i've been around some pretty good guys and i was like i was like well, I, I know he's good and um i watched him edit I watched him shoot, and he's got a good artistic flair, the way he was using light and stuff different than, than me. He's, he's a lot more of an artist than I am. Um, and I was like, and he was, seemed pretty chill, and so we, we kind of stayed in touch a little bit. Um, these hunts started getting more and more crazy and starting stacking them up, and Ben was like, he's like, probably should do some filming. Um, Matt Allwind and I are working on some stuff, and we're like, well, oh, that's a good bump. Um, um, we were like, hey, we could, you know, use some of this for promotion. We could have good memories. We could, anyway. So we've been recording, filming all these insane hunts. Like, we're getting some really cool stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, it's, yeah. It's been, been pretty crazy. I mean, I've been been on a lot of cool hunts. And I will say the last last few months is, I mean, there's my probably favorite pictures I've ever took. Uh, have came from yep. the last few months. I mean, this schedule has been insane from <laughs> from Northwest Territories doll sheep to a couple Alaska trips and 
BC. Yep. I mean, this, this has been just crazy. Just like y'all are going on the most insane hunts it's I've been, even heard of. It's been nuts. It's, yeah. it's been nuts. And so um, we reached out to Ty. It worked out. Uh, and we'll just kind of see where it goes. Um, it was kind of fun. This one, like I said, this one Ben couldn't make it, so Ty went from being just filming and shooting and was able got to pull the trigger this time and got a got a stud, got the you know one of the biggest moose of the season here. So I tagged out early, and then four or five days later, we knew it was going to be a little tough because we had two tags and we we're going to stay together because I just I had my gun and we were I was running the gun for for Ty. And then he was filming, so we were sticking together. We knew that it was going to be tough to get two moves. And right out of the gate, we found a, a pretty decent bull that I shot. And then we, that left us the whole rest of the hunt to find Ty one, which, was, which ended up working out really well. Yeah, found a awesome. giant and got it caught up with it a couple, two, three days later and was able to get it killed. But um, uh, I guess we'll so talk about the hunt a little or yep. I guess some of the hunts, just kind of some of your peaks. And then, and then what I want to do is... Uh, obviously, he's a wealth of knowledge. I can talk photography a little bit, and I'm absolutely clueless on video for the most part, except for how it relates to photography and light somewhat. I know a little yeah. bit, but mostly just photography. So I'll just we'll just kind of talk through that, maybe help you guys if you know if you want to film shoots and if you care about this stuff or just taking better pictures of whatever you guys are hunting or just if you're interested at all, we'll just kind of bust through some stuff and some gear and kind of talk through that. But what what's some of your any highlights that stick out this year or you know this trip or anything i don't know yeah i mean uh obviously just like the subject we you know we've had from you know the territories we had just crazy aviation stuff so we had there was a bell 505 uh, Mm -hmm. insane helicopter that we used to get into the sheep area you know helicopters planes stuff like that it's just really really cool to to photograph twin otters yeah i mean planes that what was that uh plot was a porter oh the Pilatus, the pc12 out to cold bay no 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 the uh oh the the porter on floats yep the porter on floats i mean just I mean, it was obviously, I love shooting planes, shooting helicopters, stuff like that. And then on this hunt, it was a horseback hunt, and horses are just the most cinematic thing. Well, we started flying in on a beaver, too. Yeah. The Haviland beaver on floats into the lake. And and then you think about Rod's hunt, that was, you know, there was was a cub there, there was a beaver. I mean, just the, obviously, I'm I'm mesmerized by planes, but. They're cool. um, Yeah, just the planes and, and the horses. I mean, there was like some horse crossings that got some insane shots this last trip. Yeah. with you know moose racks you know yeah. strung up it was just stuff like that's been been absolutely cool i mean obviously it's a lot better than you know just going out in the woods with a with a backpack it makes things a lot more epic when you have you know crazy plains or yeah getting into like the that, most yeah. insane areas and yeah. giant mountains and and then no one around i mean you're just in the middle of oh, yeah. we haven't seen anybody like on any of these hunts uh, right. i'm trying to think if we've seen it no i don't did y'all see anybody like no. residents when y'all were sheep hunting up here? Uh, I've seen uh, years ago on a stone sheep hunt, we saw boot tracks once. Wow. On a gravel bar. Someone who got dropped off on a cub. Yeah, that would blow people's mind if you could like tell the people in Idaho or Montana. Like, well, it's, it's how I grew yeah. up hunting forever. You park yeah. at a gate, there'd be 20 trucks there, and it's yeah. you, you, you try to hike further or, or, or a honey hole or whatever. I mean, you guys know how public land's like down in the lower 48. It's, it's, generally, it's chaos, and that's pretty much all I grew up hunting was public. 
And so getting into, I mean, we're public land and a lot of this stuff too. Residents can go, but it's just so remote that you need planes and horses and they're trailing horses in for days. We actually finished this hunt. We were the, it's the quote unquote, the trail out hunt where we took, you know, we rode for, I guess it was a couple of days full riding um, to get from where we started all the way out to where we could get, you know, get the horses trailered up and getting home for the season. So we kind of closed their season out this year. Um, and trailed out 15 horses. Yeah. Well, we have 15. I guess they took out that one. They, they took one, out three, so I think we had 12 with us. Yeah, 12, 12 yeah. I think, because one of them had broken a leg, and so uh, they took that out. They were just kind of hopscotch in front of a couple of days in front of us. They would, a, day, a trail we would ride, and one day they would take two or three and just walking this hurt horse it was one of, it was a really one of their favorite horses i guess and so they trying to keep it alive i think most outfits would have killed it i mean shoot that trail out the second day what there was six seven carcasses of horses over the years yeah. from outfitters just you know horses getting hurt and stuff so it's just just the logistics to get in there for a, for a resident is even though they can it's public land like i was saying it's 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 a lot of logistics of of time and effort for, for you know for a moose so you know i'm sure guys here probably maybe have easier places to kill moose i don't know but it was oh it's just so fun it getting was so that cool with that part in there so epic man like so, everything was so epic just the views there like you could yep. you could be an absolute amateur photographer with yep. a amateur camera close your eyes and take an awesome photo yeah, there just like, turn it in circles with an iphone and yep. you gotta come up with some, yep. some good ones absolutely i mean even my camera roll on my iphone looks insane right now yep. just from you can't take Especially a bad the territories. picture. Oh, fuck. The territories is something else. Yeah. So light, you know, speaking of that, the territory is special because of light. Light and photography and video is everything. Yep. Capturing light and different aspects of it. And so the light, for whatever reason, the territories, it feels like a the giant soft box. Like it's always like just this yep. soft, perfect There's light. It's always like these sun rays like going yep. in front of the mountains. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's insane. Like it's stuff that I've never seen in the lower 48. I've been hunting pretty hard for quite some time now. And and I, don't, I don't know if it's the atmosphere because you're so far north or if it's, it's, it's light, you know, it's know, light. Yeah. When we were up there, it's light almost 24 hours a day. And so generally like for you guys down in like Texas, Oklahoma, Nevada, like desert, it's light is really harsh unless it's cloudy, stormy day. Um, you know, you get a on a sunny day, you'll get just a sliver in the morning, a sliver in the evening. Generally, if you've got a sunny, clear day, that's really nice light. Well, yeah. up there, it's you know, you 24 hours of light, so you get you get six or seven hours of in the hour. morning yeah. and six and seven hours in the evening. So you get, you know, 12 hours plus a day of yeah. just perfect light. Yeah. So that's part of it. I mean, there's projects that I've worked on, you know, especially in the Midwest where we'll literally shoot for the first hour and a half of the day and the last hour and a half of the day. Like we're putting mm-hmm. our cameras up in the middle of the day and that's not like that up north. Like yeah. you can pretty much shoot all day and get epic photos. Yeah. You yeah. know, so yeah, pretty neat. So, um, so back, let's see, we're just kind of jumping around. But back you did, so dropped out of school, filmed, went out freelance. We met you, dove in, and now we've just been going back to back to back to back to back. And I've, yep. I'm, this next couple, I'm actually, we're driving home right now, and I'm flying out Friday to Newfoundland for a caribou species that was hard to make sense of to get you on that one. Yep. And so we were just talking, and he kind of crash-coursing me through some stuff on video because i'm gonna try to capture the next the next couple uh logistically didn't work out to get 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 you in there so i was like man we should be recording some of this but 
I'm, I don't know, like... Let, even, let's just talk, how do you want to even start on... Let's just talk first on, you know, most people's biggest question will be, like, if I want to get started in photography yeah. or, or videography... Yeah. What camera should I buy? Yeah, what, what camera should I buy? What lens should I buy? Blah, blah, blah. And, I mean, yes, just go shoot, but gear is very important. I mean, mm-hmm. you can... If you're a expert photographer, you could take, you know, kind of whatever gear and your you know artistic style and, yep. and make it work but for start, starting out and this podcast isn't for you obviously yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so but just starting out like you don't want to skimp on gear and um you don't want to skip out on gear and you know like sony makes some really good uh beginner cameras like there's a ton of guys that use a sony a6500 is their first camera mm-hmm. and it's great and is that if, what marty had Yep, that's yeah. what I'm So, with that camera, most, you know, if, don't don't get a kit lens. Like, if you're just trying to film your hunts, maybe just capture it for... A kit lens is the cheap lens that comes with yep. the camera body set. Yep. So, it's a, what, a 24 to 1? I don't know. But right? Most of them are like 18 to 105s or, you know, there's like a 24 to um one, I forgot what it is. But it's anyway, just the cheap lens. That, kit yeah. lens is a cheap lens that comes with the camera Which, body. you know... Starting out when you look on eBay or look on Amazon or whatever, it's most there's going to be a kit lens. You know, like oh man, we can get this package deal. Well, if you're just trying to film your own hunts or just trying to capture memories, sure, that's a great lens because you know there's nothing technical about it. Really easy to keep in focus, but you're not going to get like those booyah shots. So Which, when you say that, you mean depth of field, man. Like, you go down a rabbit hole. You, you big deep shooting wide open yeah. with a low f stop. Big depth of field, you get blurred out foreground, yep. blurred out background. Yep. Um, anyway, if you're interested, you can Google more of that. But yep. yeah, 100%. Okay, keep so, so, kind of basically, what I would suggest is maybe even if you have the kit lens, just for kind of security purposes, you know, just to, like I said, just to have decent photos. But if you're really trying to dive into taking like insane photos, you need to like start with a cheap prime lens. There mm-hmm. are some. $250 to $500 lenses that you could throw on an A6500, which I'm not even sure the retail of that camera, but it's probably like around a thousand bucks or less than a thousand bucks. And you could have 1200 bucks in a, you know, say an A6500 or a, a used A7, though, uh, which one of my favorite lenses still to this day, but I advise a lot of guys to get is it called a Nifty 50. So it's a 50 mm. millimeter lens that's like a 1.4, really cheap lens, really light lens, really small lens. Like there's even some pancake lenses that are like just like, I don't know, three, three four inches long. Mm-hmm. And you can get some absolute boo- booyah shots with those. Yeah. And and that would be like a 1.2 or 1.4? 1, 1, 1, 1.4. 1.4 is the Nifty 50. So um, I think Canon makes the Nifty 50 that's like literally $200. And yep. when I say you can take some insane shots, yep. like there's some shots on my Instagram that are just, you know, could I could sell them for prints and it's with a $200 lens. So what's your Insta- your work Instagram and your other Instagram so um, people can look? So my work Instagram is x22media. And then my personal Instagram, which I actually post on more, is just yep. tyubank17. So T Y E U B A N K S 17. So check those out. You can see some different stuff. Yep. So um, just that's see. The A6500 is a good starter camera. Um, I'm, I shoot Canon, 
Um, a lot of my video stuff is Sony. Um, I can't, and the 6500 is a smaller, it's not a full DSLR, SLR camera. It's a smaller uh, platform, so easy yeah, for you guys backpacking. It'd be a yep. great, it'd be a great camera for hiking in and taking pretty good pictures. Yep. So, yep. so I would, I would look at like, uh, I'll just rattle off a few. You know, if y'all just want to look up um, um, some cameras to start off with, but there's a6500. Um, you can find a Sony A7 series. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a ton of them. There's R3s. There's A7s. There's A7s. That's what I shoot. Um, yeah, that's, that's what, a, that's what a full, John has. It's a full frame yep. camera. So there's those. Uh, a few Canons um, that are good starter cameras would be like a 7D Mark II. Um, I used to have one of those. Dude, so when that's you a say great starter camera. cameras, I mean, you're now you're talking in three, four thousand dollar bodies right now. No, no. The A7 IV is 38. Well, the A7 IV, yes, but a regular A7. Like a ace, like one of the older A7s, oh, you, can, older one, you, yeah, yeah. you can find those on yeah, fifteen hundred bucks a year, yeah, like a thousand, a, bucks. Or like a thousand yeah. bucks. You yeah, know? if you got an A7 II, which is what I yeah. shot until last year, it takes great pictures. And what I would do is marketplace, marketplace, marketplace. There's a ton of people that buy cameras, buy decent cameras. Yep. They never use it. They throw throw it on marketplace, and you can find great lenses and great cameras on Facebook Marketplace, on eBay, stuff like that. Because majority of the people that go and buy those cameras never use them. Yep. And they want to sell it. So, um, yeah, like I said, I think a, a Canon 7D Mark II is probably around a thousand bucks. Which, okay. I mean, if you're gonna get into it enough to try to take some really good photos, I would, you know, be willing to spend a thousand to twelve hundred bucks on mm-hmm. on a starter setup. Don't, you know, yep. there's there's obviously cheaper options than that. But like I said, gear's important, especially starting out. Like when, if I wouldn't have went and bought. Some uh, man, that is that insane. So cool. yep. Driving past some pretty sick looking mountains right yeah. now, the clouds and snow. But uh, and we've been pa- we've passed three black bears so far. On the yeah, road. just in the ditch. <laughs> just yeah. in the ditch. So, but uh, anyway. yeah, like I said, there's there's like don't don't skimp out. And I mean that's the thing. Cameras hold their value so good. And um, those cameras you're mentioning, a few years old, can take insane pictures. Oh, so yeah. don't worry about like, well, the camera the camera will not hold you back. You gotta. There's a lot to learn. Yeah, no, I'm there. using a. See, I've had it. The camera I brought on this trip that I use for my main photography, I literally bought in 2017. So it's like a six-year-old yeah, it's camera. Yeah, 5D. Right? Yeah, it's just a 5D Mark IV. And um, so yeah, like I said, it's start- beat to piss. Oh too. my gosh, <laughs> the screen is all beat, but hey, that, that thing's still still clicking. But yeah, I would just uh, and that's the thing. Like, don't be scared if you want to try a lens. Um, say you want to try like a like a like I said the fifty one four is really cheap. But say you want to do like a twenty four one four, you know any of those lenses, don't be scared to buy them because you can sell them. They hold lenses hold their value so well. Be kind of careful with camera bodies because Sony and Canon, everybody is competing with each other and they're dropping cameras like once a year. Yeah, like once a year. Or, I mean, the so bodies go down, and, and but yeah. it's like it's like it's like guns. Uh, optics tend to hold high end optics. Mark fives, yep. you know, Night Forces, Schmitz, or I don't know, no one shoots Schmitz anymore, but um, tangents and all that. Those you guys know how well you know optics hold value, and 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 glasses lenses are just the yep. same. And you can spend way more. You can spend a lot. Of, I'm looking at. The, I want to get a seventy to two hundred two eight, and yep. uh, and they're. 
they're expensive. Yeah, but I mean, I've literally bought lenses, especially primes and stuff. I just wanted to kind of try on Facebook Marketplace, and sold, used them for a season or whatever, and sold them for more than I picked them up on Marketplace for. Yeah. Like it, it's it's pretty insane. So don't don't be scared to do it because you can always sell them. Um, it's not like you know other things where you're gonna lose five hundred dollars if you you know use it for a little while. Most most glass, especially older glass. If you use used glass, it's not gonna go down you know that much within a couple years. So just buying that, and then uh, as far as video stuff, a lot of guys like like a XA10 is a it's a Canon like camcorder style camera that a lot of guys want to take on hunts and. I mean, sure, if you're doing... Sorry, my, my map's going off. Yeah, it's just... But um, a lot of guys, you know, think, oh, for video, I need this, this camcorder-style camera, and, you know, that's... Yeah, sure. Like I said, if you're trying to document and, you know, just kind of capture memories and stuff like that, sure, that's a great camera. It's really hard to mess up those cameras. They're full automatic. It's kind of like your camera that you'll see at, like, soccer games or dance recitals. Like, really, really hard to mess up, but you're not going to get those booyah shots. So if you want if you want to get some, like, insane, impressive shots, the DSLR and mirrorless cameras are a lot better for getting depth of field and shooting, like, high frame rates, which high frame rates means, like, slow motion. So, like... If you're shooting slow motion, you're at like 120 frames a second. Or if you're shooting real time, which is like, you know, normal, not slow motion, would be like 30 frames a second. Mm -hmm. So the the camcorder style cameras aren't going to do, you know, the slow-mo. They're not going to give you the depth of field. Which de Depth of field is just like the blur blurriness behind a subject, which, you know, everybody kind of is chasing when they're, you know, making films. But, um, but So there's been, a, for, for older guys... When cameras came out, there were digital cameras that took pictures, and there was camcorders that took video. In the last how many years, it seemed DSLRs take insane video. Yep. And everyone is using those for video now. Yep. So you can get a body, a DSLR body. We are way out of our league here on uh, rifle shooting, but <laughs> here we are. Um, you can take a body that takes awesome pictures and awesome video. Yep. So that's anyway. A bunch, all those ones he listed, do that. So, yep. Um, and then, so just keep, we'll keep it real basic on lenses. The Nifty Fifty is a cheap, a good, a cheap, good one. Don't get caught up in this lens is fifty millimeters to seven hundred millimeters. It's going to be a piece of junk. Yep. So prime lenses, all that means is it's fixed. It's a thirty-five. If it's a twenty-four, it's a sixteen. It's a fifty. It's an eighty, eighty-five, whatever. Yep. It's not variable. It's just, it's just fixed. It means you're zooming in and out with your feet. You're moving closer and further away from your subject. They take really, really good pictures, um, yep. and they're easy. Yep. Um, good variables you like. What you, I know you like the seventy to two hundred. Seventy to two hundred is really nice. Uh, Twenty-four to seventy uh, two eight is a really good mid lens. Um, like I said, it's it's not as when, it, when i say booyah i mean like just like insane you know depth of field and in, insane photos yeah you can get some really nice crisp photos with mid lenses but i like 7200 um a lot for video and photo um the 24 to 105 f4 is a decent starter lens for someone that kind of doesn't you know want to spend a lot of money and like would you 
when you say f4, it's he's talking about aperture. F-stop. The lower that number gets, the more expensive the lens gets usually. Yep. And basically what all that means is like an F, there's a, okay, so you could buy a lens that, that's an F4 or a lens that's an F2.8. And basically the lower the number, the more blurry the background is going to be. Can be, which yeah. is a good thing. When, yeah, so that's, that's, that's kind of what, <laughs> so, what you're chasing. Anyway, okay, well, yeah. we'll try to keep it, let's, let's keep it there. We can, yeah. we're keeping it basic. Yeah. Um, you guys that know cameras, whatever, you guys, we're doing our best. Um, <laughs> um the um, uh, talk about post a little bit, I guess. Yeah, so um, I use all um, Adobe Suite, so I get asked that a lot, like especially for video, like, oh man, what program are you using? Adobe Premiere Pro, and it's you can get it really cheap. I think it's like a monthly subscription deal mm-hmm. where there's a there's a thing called the Adobe Creative Suite, which mm-hmm. would give you Adobe Premiere Pro, which is like the video editing software. It'll give you Adobe Lightroom, which is what I use and yep. a lot of photographers That's use for, use. you know, post-production. So For photos. For photos, yep. And then, I mean, it, it gives you a bunch of other crap that you'll never need, like Illustrator and stuff, yep. Dreamweaver. You Photoshop. Can, yeah, Photoshop, stuff like that. But Which, despite the name, doesn't get used. I don't I don't think I've ever used Photoshop. I rarely use Photoshop. I use Photoshop quite a bit for you? photos. Yep. I just use Lightroom. And so... Yep. So those are the that's editing. And so when when people have asked me, and I'm like I just like to take pictures. I've taken some good ones from hunts, and that's what I was into. So people ask me what camera. Well, any of those cameras you listed, you're gonna sh- there's JPEG format, which you guys are pretty familiar with, and there's RAW. There's a bunch of file formats, but RAW is just a. It looks pretty. It doesn't look great coming out of a camera. It's just kind of a flat image, but there's a ton of data in there. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Yeah. And you can throw it into Lightroom, and Lightroom is where you can make it look like it looked. Yep. Because a JPEG will look better out of your camera. Like, Correct. And so so just because you get a camera, if you don't learn po- – if you're not going to do post-processing, don't spend the money on a camera. A hundred percent. And there's a lot of guys that end up buying the camera, say they have like a $1,500 investment in their setup. And then they go and pull it up on their computer, and a lot of guys will shoot JPEG, or even guys that shoot RAW. Like if you're shooting with a MacBook, you can still view the RAW file. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, and it's like, ah, oh, that you know that that's okay. My but iPhone takes not, better pictures. Yeah, exactly. So it's all in the editing. If you're not going to learn how to run Lightroom, which is not that hard, it's not hard. It's, it's literally just a toggles. Yeah, it's just sliders where like there's things called clarity, dehaze. Um, highlights, just highlights and shadows. You li- like how I learned. So I didn't go just kind of FYI. I n- never went to like a formal film school or photo school or anything like that. I literally learned it, everything I know off YouTube, and just literally messing with stuff. Like mm-hmm. even video editing, I would just spend enough time playing with it where I'm like, oh, that that looks cool. Like that's yeah. literally how I learned. So you know, as far as like, even the shots that, that I have, like, I have raw shots when I go, and if I just look through my catalog from, from this trip, mm-hmm. it's not that impressive mm-hmm. until I put it in Lightroom. I yep. start, you know, I, obviously I have, you know, some, some presets and st- stuff like that that I've kind of acquired through mm-hmm. the years that I like. But if I didn't edit the photo... When I pull it up on my computer, it's not going to be that impressive. So when you go and take a photo, even if it's your dog in the yard, take take that photo, throw it in Adobe Lightroom, start tweaking it, you know, a little bit, and you'll be like, holy crap! Like yeah. this is m- mainly 
post production. Like, yep. So and that's and that's why we maybe we should have started with that. It's like, hey, if you're interested in this, don't bother unless you're gonna, you know, you got yeah. your computer and the Adobe Suite. Yeah. There's other there's other yeah. options too. And, and I Adobe's, literally think the Adobe yeah. Suite for, and I'll just kind of give you a tip here. I think it's like sixty dollars a month for normal, but if you have access <laughs> to a student email, a teacher email, or anything like that, I think there, there's some other things. It's half off, so I'll be honest. I'm using a. Well, you're co- still in a, college. Yeah, te- well, technically, but I'm using <laughs> a college email that's like six years expired. That I'm getting half off, and that I mean that's what I like. If yeah. you you know a teacher or you know you know somebody in your family that's still in school, just sign up with their email. It'll never send. You never need access to their email. Yeah, and I just pay. I just pay for Illustrator. I think it's nine ninety nine a month. Yeah, so I mean, so, it's it's whatever. Or yeah. not Illustrator. I'm sorry, Lightroom. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's really cheap. Um, go ahead, like like I said, get a decent camera. Get some decent lenses that aren't you know whatever comes with the camera. Get the suite, and before you hang it up try like you well, know edit and raw it's pretty fun edit, what you edit look and come back yes. i wish i could show you guys a couple of my favorite hunting pictures yeah. ever what they look like raw image versus and kind of so basically jpeg so say i'm, I'm just kind of throwing random numbers here but say a jpeg if i shoot it out of my camera as a jpeg format it's gonna be like you know i don't uh say there's 10 uh um, bleh. Megapixels. Yep. 10 megapixels. 10 megapixels. And then a raw will be up to like 30. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're getting three uh, times the. Yeah, three times the amount of information. So don't shoot JPEG. Shoot raw. If you're going to have a nice yeah. camera, shoot raw. There's just a whole bunch of. There's a lot more data in that image that you can you can bring back. So. Yep. Um, trying to keep it shallow here or quick. Obviously, YouTube. If you get into this, there's a you can go. There's so much stuff. You guys yeah, all, like you if guys you're, all know if, that. If, We're if just kind of hitting the the broad strokes. If you're here. interested and you're listening to this, like oh, I might want to get started. There is so much stuff on YouTube. You can learn literally anything nowadays on YouTube. Yeah, and, <laughs> and Ty, Ty's going to do a, a backcountry photo school here in the next few years. So yeah, we'll let yeah. you know when that happens. Yeah, and then you can just come to my school. But yeah. for now, go look on YouTube. Go play with your camera. Go play with your computer, and I promise. So, it can turn so into whatever. are there any? How do you do quick? I don't. I guess I don't know. There's a lot of thirds and composition. I don't want to get into a whole bunch of, but just if you. If you're going to go take a picture, if you're hunting whitetails, look at some cool pictures of whitetails that you like in magazines or online, and you can kind of recreate the pose. Like how it's when we're hunting all these different animals, like you take sheep pictures of sheep different than you take pictures of moose, then you take pictures of caribou. Like every animal kind of has its good, its good side or or good looks, and you can make you can make animals look gross. Basics: clean the blood up a little bit, tuck the tongue in, kind of. Make gets. I love looking at cool tro- trophy pictures. You guys know oh, that because yeah. I post a bunch of them. But um, they're they're fun to they're fun to share, and I like yeah. you know I like to see them. So just kind of as far as composition, you could start with that. It just yeah, find I mean, images you like, the images you hunt. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a ton of guys. I mean, I'm anytime I'm on Instagram, I follow a lot of photographers, and I'm always looking like, oh man, I, I really like that shot. And if you if you're 
you know, say your favorite photographer, go look on his page. If you like his shot and you're like, man, that's cool, go recreate that shot. Yep. I do that all the time. I do that for video. I mean, it, everybody does it. it you know, it's, you go and if you have this groundbreaking shot, whatever, everybody's going to copy it. It's just ha- how it is. But, yep. um, yeah, just looking at, looking at uh, uh, other people's work, getting inspiration. I mean, if you think about is going kind of to the trophy photo deal, if you're spending all kinds of money and have all this investment in killing an animal, why you know why wouldn't you have why wouldn't you spend twelve hundred dollars to have a decent camera to take pictures with? Now, granted, iPhones are getting a lot better, but we you probably should talk iPhones for a minute of it just because it's a legit alternative. You, I mean, not everyone's trying to make films like you're making and yeah, images no, like you're absolutely. making. So we we probably should hit on that. I mean, some of the third we were actually filming on the way out. It was pouring pouring on the ride out and blowing and. We had some dead batteries and some cameras and other ones were tucked in dry bags trying to, you know, kept alive. Yep. And so pulling the, you know, the iPhones are now waterproof. I think we both run in 13 Pros. Yep. 14 just came out. And we're bouncing down the trail, winds ripping. And we were both looking at some videos this morning. You're like, man, they got some image stabilization in there that's pretty good for video. Yeah. Yep. They shoot in 30 frames a second, 4K. Yeah. They shoot in 60, right? Yeah, or they even can, 120. They, they can shoot 60. I don't think they can do 60 and 4K. They might. I don't know. I they, think it's 60 and 4K, and then 120 get, goes down to... Yeah, two, 2K. 2K. Anyway. No, I mean, they're, they're getting a lot better. Um, like, I mean, even like the... I, I don't know. I don't want this to... Pain's, this pain's tied to admit the iPhones yeah, are good. So, I, don't, I don't want to... Some of you guys just want to take a cool picture, and it's only going to get shared to your buddies, and that's fine, too. Yeah. And that's what I was telling. I was like, dude iPhones take pretty impressive pictures for what they are. They're not yeah. going to compete with the things that you know Ty's using, obviously. But yeah. I mean, there's different levels. I, I hate to say this, but go play around with your portrait mode on your phone. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. it's, it's, it's cheating. It's, it's cheating, hundred percent. But I mean, you. I will admit, you can get some pretty cool stuff with the portrait <laughs> mode on your iPhone 13. Some mule deer. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, portrait. So. So that's a good example when we're when Ty says booyah shots, I just awesome pictures is yeah. is what portrait mode does on your portrait mode does on your iPhone is it artificially like if you go take a picture of your wife, it's gonna blur, it's gonna show her little face and then blur out everything behind, but it's fake blur. It's just an yeah. app in there that just blurs it out. It's not actually yeah. happening off. And you can like really see like if you zoom on in, the edges you can yeah, see. Yeah, you can see the edges. But like I said, maybe try that if that interests you. Like, oh, that's cool. Maybe that's when you go that's a good and point. spend the money. But and yeah. so when he's saying those booyah shots to get those those to get a camera to blur that out like an iPhone is doing portrait mode, you need that low f stop with some zoom. Yep. Um, you'll understand that later if you get into it. That's a good. That's a good point. Yep. So just learn. Yeah, like you said, copy some people. Look at some pages. If you're hunting whitetail, look at good whitetail shots. If you're hunting moose, I mean sheep, we didn't look at. We probably should have looked at more sheep before yeah. you went up because you didn't. That yeah. was the first sheep you were around, really. I mean, you were around some markor and some Marco Polo, which is yeah, kind of a different it, sheep. Yeah, as far as uh, dolls and stuff like that, that was my first. But I think we got we got some good. That ones. whole setup was just too good. It was like good. the the backdrop the was sick. The lighting was sick. I mean, we got some sick. But as far as like angles and how to twist animals and stuff like that, just before you go in the field, just go look. And you know, even a lot of times if you're in the field, you're not going to have service to look at this stuff. So screenshot like, oh man, I really like how they you know mm-hmm. held that deer. I really like that uh, angle of that elk. 
will screenshot it so yeah. that when you're sitting there in front of the elk, you know, and you have time, obviously, to, you know, take photos, go back and look at that picture and yeah. mimic, you know, exactly what, what you like. Yeah. So. so talk, probably going to wrap this up and then ask you some more hunting questions, but talk a little bit about uh, light shooting into it, having it at your back, having it at your side, what you like. Yep. So kind of a misconception um, that I've, especially a lot of guides, because, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of guys out there that they're required to take trophy photos of their clients. And a lot of people are like... For oh, their outfit or yep. to use for advertising. Yep. And a lot of these guides, I've noticed, you know, if we're trying to move an animal for a photo, is they're like, okay, well, the sun need like basically if you're taking a photo the sun needs to be behind the photographer looking at the animal well i hate that it, it you just that is not a bad rule of thumb to start with i mean it's if you're mm, if you're not doing there's it, a spot for it i guess there, there's to, a spot easy for it but if pictures without post if the sun is above you and it's really harsh yeah the last thing i want to do is have the sun directly on the animal and you know just where if you turn around if you have a nice camera which iphone this is where kind of the iphone can't you know okay, be so used here because it's called uh, a yep. dynamic range yep. where if you have a nice camera if you turn that animal where the sun is behind the hunter so basically you were shooting yeah it's backlit where you were shooting the shade side of the animal and the hunter's face and then the sun, like I said, is behind the hunter. That's my favorite. But like I said, that you have to have a camera with some nice dynamic range. You have to shoot in raw. You have to shoot in raw, and you got to be able to um, basically lighten the subject, where you're not. You can get rid of. You're using Lightroom to yep. bring back shadows. So pretty much, even even like on horses, when we're going out, when we go through a shady spot, I'm shooting shade 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 if it's that's kind of why the first hour of the day and the last hour of the day are better because the sun is not beaming on your subject it's, I hate it's so that. hard to take pictures and like when we go on in mexico on hunts or yep. you're at shoots it's just hard when the light is straight overhead it, everything's kind of flat yep you just um, get really hard hard shadows and hard shadows yep. are terrible for photos and video so good. you're just trying to chase like if you had like if it's a deer or something like that where you can move it move it don't move it into the light into the sunlight yeah, move it the into the shade yep. where yep. It, you know ideally in a perfect scenario you would want basically your subject and then what's behind it shaded that that mm. is you're going to get better photos like that than if you drag it out into a field that has just beaming sun down on stuff well we shot we shot my moose and <laughs> the sun came out and so we've got uh jim and marty the guys we were hunting with holding up jackets and claws ty's like make some shade right there hold yep. it higher higher okay right there and he yep. started taking pictures trying to trying to mitigate that yep so, Which, if you guys, it'll be the Canadian moose pictures of, my, of the ones of me. That's was that shade on me is is all is literally just God's <laughs> holding up jackets. But yeah. yeah, I mean, which is kind of backwards if you're not in photography when you think about it, like, oh, you figure you'd want to be into yeah, that's the sun. That's a little higher level, but that's good. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you'll learn light 
photography is light capturing light. Oh, it's, it's, it's all about light. Video, it don't matter it's all if light. you have fifty thousand dollars of gear yep. in the field. If you don't have good light and yep. make shots that have good light, you're not going to get good shots. Yep. It's just it's, it's all there is to it. You can yep. take a better. I would rather have an iPhone in good light than fifty thousand dollars worth of gear in bad light. 100%. One thousand yep. percent. You yep. know. No, that's a good. That's good. Okay, so. I, I could not couldn't do a podcast with Ty and obviously not talk about the thing he's he's best at. Yeah. Um, anything else that's like basic that's popped out, or does that feel like a good? I mean, um. Yeah, that's probably a lot to consume for somebody that's yeah, trying to get into so. it. But okay. yeah, just uh, just shoot a lot. Just don't be scared. There's a lot of guys that have cameras that keep them in their bag. Just shoot. I promise. Yeah. If you shoot enough, like I just shot. You'll get one. So yeah. much when I first got a camera, and mm-hmm. I just. It, it started clicking. Like if you don't shoot, it won't click. Just start shooting. Yeah, I like in in photos. I think a good place to start is is aperture priority. It's easy, yep. and you can yep. read about that. I'm yeah, see, that, that's a yeah, that's a really good point. Don't uh, don't feel like you have to shoot your camera in manual no. starting out. You can. I mean, I know there's some really high end guys that I mean shoot for companies like Sitka that. Yep. They all shoot an aperture priority still. Yep. Yeah, and I do. I shoot an aperture. I know how to run manual, but aperture is so fast. Yep. So shooting that, watch a three-minute video. It's super easy. Yep. So, I um, mean, that's kind of going back. I just want to state it. Like, if you are buying, you know, investing in a camera, don't shoot an auto. There's yep. Yep. If you spent one night just on YouTube learning and, the yeah, basics, it's not that hard. There's, you can there's literally four things yep. you need to know, and it's like shutter speed, um, aperture, yep. uh, ISO, and white balance. And yeah, not it, even. I rarely mess with white balance. Yeah, and you can just turn that on auto and be fine. But yep. there's there's only a handful of things like for, I shoot shady house a lot, which is a which is a white balance setting. What is that? Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I don't even know yeah. why I've done that for so long. Yeah, just anyway. honestly for starting out, just, just put, put your white balance at auto. But yeah, yeah don't don't shoot at auto because a lot of times when you shoot at auto. It's gonna jack your aperture. Where say, say you go and buy that little nifty fifty lens, where you're at f one point four, which is mm-hmm. crazy. It's fast. Bokeh, which, like yeah. I said, going back to what bokeh is, is the blurriness. Yeah. Well, if you shoot an auto, it's gonna automatically, you know, oh, there's a hunter. Um, it's gonna automatically uh, jack your, you know, aperture up where you're only shooting at f four, f five. And why are you buying a prime lens that mm-hmm. can get yep. dropped down when your camera is automatically going to yep. jack it up yep. so like i said just go on go on youtube um learn, learn the basics go shoot aperture priority or you know even manual like i said it's it's not yep. that hard it's when i first got had a camera in my hands and i was turning on manual i was like this looks like a foreign language to me mm. and then a couple nights on youtube and i actually understood what a few things meant well, and then the I can nice shoot thing about digital i'm old you don't know this as far you never started with a lot of film no so, not at all uh, when i film you'd change a setting and you'd find out three weeks later and you don't remember anything with yep. digital so easy because you turn it take a picture turn it take a picture you're like oh this does this this does this yep. and you can be hammering out some pretty good pictures pretty quick so yep. um all right if if well, this is not the spot for photography, but there's a ton of podcasts. But if there's something that maybe we could help, you could. If we're not, if we have cell service, maybe shoot us a message or point yeah, you in the right direction or something. So, um, what? Just let's go back to hunting for a little bit. What are some of the? 
coming coming from down. We got a lot of guys in the on the in the audience that a lot of guys shooting down south. You know, Florida, Georgia, all over down there, Tennessee. Um, you growing up there and then coming out west and then now coming up north in some of these hunts. What are are there any pro tips or big differences coming from where you came from to going to more of these mountain hunts? Yeah, and, um, I think growing up, especially in Georgia, uh, coming out west and just watching, you know, elk hunts or mule deer hunts out west, it just seemed way out of reach. Um, where, I mean, I, I know there's a handful of guys that go and they plan elk trips every single year. Mm-hmm. And it's not like there's some, I mean, okay. Not gonna suggest all these over-the-counter tags because a, a lot of them are way overhunted, um, yeah. and that's when I first came out west. Like my first elk hunt was just over-the-counter Colorado. I've never been to that part of Colorado in my life. Never stepped foot on that particular unit. Literally just onyxed a ton of stuff, dropped a bunch of pins, what I thought would hold elk, um, and you know just just went and did it and you know started becoming pretty successful doing that but it's not as out of reach as you think like there's like a ton ton of my friends that i grew up whitetail hunting you know just regular tree stands just whatever like they feel like they might not ever go out west because it's just so like unreasonable and costs so much money and you you got to have this you know outfitter and it's going to be this you know ten twenty thousand dollar investment it's not there's just go and start learning you yeah just learn just go do it i mean i literally slept in the back of my truck and ate, you know, ramen noodles and, you know, stuff like that and on public land and just wanted to figure it out. And there are some really cheap ways, like, yeah, you might, like, there's some over-the-counter tag for elk that are, like, 700 bucks um, in Colorado. And that's going to be your... That's non-resident price. Yeah, that's a non-resident price. So, like, you know, you, you can make it as cheap as you want it. And I would suggest that. Just go sleep in your truck go sleep in a tent go you know have a nice sleeping bag and just go figure it out it's not as not as hard as it's kind of perceived in the south and obviously for me i just started doing that um started getting decent at you know killing stuff out west and then that kind of snowballed into me being like okay well i actually want good tags now so i you know moved to a western state where i could get resident tags but, um, yeah, and I mean, like I said, when I went on my first uh, elk hunt, I, I mean, there's only a handful of times that I killed animals that weren't sitting in a tree stand. Yeah. And uh, so I kind of had to, had to learn that. I mean, obviously, learning elk off, again, YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and then I had to learn the whole, like, spot, which, you know, granted, I got to go on some pretty cool hunts before then for, you know, filming people, so I kind of knew, had an idea of, um, you know, what spot stalk meant, and, you know, kind of how to do it, and how to make stalks on animals, but there's going to be a ton of guys that have never got out of a tree stand or a blind before that are going out west, and like, oh, wow, we're about to hike five miles, like, what what's oh, going yeah. on? So... Yeah, it's just a lot of just doing it. I mean, there's so much content out there as when far you as filmed, hunting. Did you were you mostly filming whitetail, or had you with like Lee and Tiffany? Have you gone on any elk hunts yeah, or deer hunts? Western stuff, yeah. Okay, so, so you had seen some was, successful yeah, hunts. I was I was ahead of the game just because I got yeah. to go on some pretty and like, I went to the Deseret, which okay. is pretty insane. That's about yeah. some pretty insane elk hunting. So like, I had I got to watch the guides call an elk, and I got to you know sit on hillsides and okay. glass okay. animals and okay. stuff like that. But 
which is kind of unique to yeah know, that's a pretty good yeah a pretty good intro yeah, to 100 percent figuring that out okay as far as hunting for myself yeah you just literally just just go and do it just go and mess up i mean you're going you're gonna eat tags when you go out west you're gonna eat you're yeah. gonna eat tags and i think I, that's the don't i mean you could eat you could eat it's tr- spin spin your first trip out or your two trips out it's they're essentially scouting trips with tags in your pocket yep. and hopefully you run into something and yep. like we i just did a podcast with aaron he's like don't be afraid to shoot if you have a if it's a hair tag don't be afraid to shoot a cow if you're bringing a bow out like yeah. figure out how to kill something yep and and, and just get after it that, yeah but 100 i mean there's some really good like i said there's there's a ton of there's a lot more over-the-counter opportunities than you think especially from yep. you know people being out in the south being like oh well, you know there's this draw system and i mean yes obviously a lot of the good units are going to be draws and you know residents you, you know being a non-resident yep. you're not going to have those opportunities but no. i mean there i killed pretty nice mule deer over the counter in nebraska and it was just yeah. over the counter sleeping in the back of my truck and going out there and you know i think it's more of a mentality thing like you started going with those guys and then you end up on some hunts and the more of these hunts i go on it's like just you can walk for five miles or six miles or you can climb to the top of that mountain and then the top of the next mountain yeah. and keep glassing and find stuff it's it just before it was like i'm gonna hike around this little bowl and look for deer and now it's like yeah. i'm going to cover these mountain ranges yep, absolutely and, and you kind of expand your horizons of what's possible yep. hey it's okay to go a long ways away in camp because yep. it's like you can walk a long ways in a day yeah 100 percent. and i think kind of like an alternative because you know i was you know lucky enough to go on some successful western hunts before i you know started having western tags is there's so much stuff like on youtube that you can watch like there's people that are diy doing exactly what i'm talking about sleeping in the truck that are documenting so well if you go and watch enough hunting content hunting media it you know for it'll start making sense especially for somebody that has zero idea which are most people in the south they have zero idea how to spot and stalk they have zero idea how to call an elk or make a play on an elk which if this is can be an unpopular opinion whatever but if you if you can hunt turkeys i hunt elk exactly <laughs> Unpo- like i hunt turkeys unpopular opinion because we make yeah. fun of each other about hunting he yeah. makes fun of me about i make fun of him about turkey hunting he makes fun yeah. of me because i don't turkey hunt if you're from the south and you can kill an eastern turkey you can take those skills and go kill yeah. an elk yeah. and that i will stick by that to, i've heard to the that grave. from a lot of good guys yeah. uh, one of my I I got buddies down there. You hunt them exactly the same. You go, you locate them, and then you go to make plays. Except for wind, right? Yep. Except except which is a giant giant thing with elk. But like I said, if you're you're a decent hunter in the south, you understand wind because you you have to do that for tree stands. But you know, instead of oh, what stand am I going to hunt because of wind? Just use that as you're making a play on an animal. Like if if the winds at your back and the animals in front of you obviously you're going to get winded <laughs> so yeah just it's hunt turkeys hunt it's like hunting a turkey that can smell <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. no that's good i've heard that from i've heard that from guys ties we're we may have a, a bet where that i can't go and i don't know how much we got a few days where i got to call in yeah. a turkey by yourself by myself 
uh, we, we're ironing out the details. I don't know if it's gonna. I'm gonna yeah. have time to do it or not. But one of these, yeah. one of these days, we're gonna. Yeah. Gonna give it a rip. Hundred so. percent. I don't think he could go out in Middle Georgia and kill a turkey by himself. I know I can. So well, there's that. We're gonna, we're gonna see. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch some YouTube videos on how to run a slate. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, What's the go-to the slate? Uh, there's slate. Honestly, I'll probably give you a box call. It's hard to mess those up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, gotta learn that. So I'll bring a. Uh, I'll bring a six millimeter twelve gauge. <laughs> I'll let her, I'll find a turkey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we should hit. Um, I don't know. Anything else you can think of you want to talk um, about? I just want to thank you for helping me on that moose. You uh, no. 650 yard shot on my moose, and I could not have done it without John. That was the <laughs> farthest was, shot I've ever attempted on an animal, and it, it worked out. It was yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So we get we watched this bull and um, disappeared for a day. Couldn't find it. Ended up turning up later on different a little different across this this big river, a little different area, but same glass. And we climbed up this mountain to glass these big flats. And um, came out in the morning. We had to make a play on it. There's just it's these willow like the river bottoms and these flats have willows, and they're like six foot tall willows. And everywhere else is these pines that are so thick you can't even you can't even walk through them. And um, well, this guy just punched it trying to do a little passing lane. Um, and so anyway, he was out on this edge of the pines. And we were kind of looking at maps and trying to figure out. I was like, dude, we could get to like, we were thinking like seven, eight hundred. And I was like, man. And I'd never shot. Ty's been watching a shoot, and we wanted to shoot. We just it just didn't work out. So for him to take a couple shots and kind of walk him through it, um, I had a three hundred Norma with two thirties, and it was had it all set up. And I was like, I was like. With, there was no wind, very little wind. I mean, it was kind of switchy. It was kind of clicking in a couple tenths left, a couple tenths right with it when it was switching. But it ended up being um, got to we got to eight. We were eight, eight eighty, eight fifty, and it was we were in the thick pines and willows five feet tall. There's nowhere to get prone. We kept moving side hill and side hill, and he's bedded down by this cow. This cow's feeding. As soon as this cow's gone, he's going to get up and go. He's been sticking with this cow uh, nonstop. So. A little bit of a time crunch. We're working across this hill, back and forth, back and trying to find an opening anywhere to shoot from. Finally, get in this area. Where I was like, okay, I was like, right here. There was this little, this little bump in the ground. It's like we can shoot off this bump. And so I grabbed um, Marty's Leatherman. Had this. I, I left my Havel on it. This is a tip for when you're hunting. I like taking prone shots, and you can almost always make one. And I let, but I left my little. I got a Havel on. Um, bone saw and i had left it in the cabin because i'm an idiot um a couple days prior um because i killed my moose and we i was like well i just i wasn't thinking we were going to run up for a day and check the spot and come back down we ended up running up there and staying there for a couple two three days and we get down there and so luckily marty had a a saw on his leather bin and so i'm hacking branches hacking branches making a shooting lane where we can shoot from one side of this river draw across this other and it was about 650 yards and so i'm hacking brush and hacking brush and then i toss the gun down get on it and then i start pointing brush out marty's cutting brush cutting brush i was like okay we got it i got set up and we were i was feeling really urgent because as soon as that bull stood up we didn't have a big a real 
a real big window. So I was pretty anxious at that point. But then as soon as we got that last thing cut and I set the gun, I was like, oh, we got him. I, was, I knew it was so solid. I had my, I threw my backpack. I had the double pull, Skypod double, which was clutch. Um, was able to get the elevation on top with that mound because we were, it was like on a downhill, but the mound, kind of this little roll mound was on the ground. And then the, uh, the tall double pull, the lightweight double pull is what I've been hunting with from the Skypod. And so I had that narrow all the way in and then all the way out tall. And then I put the, um, kind of used my backpack and a little shooting pad. I carry a little tiny bag with me. Got, I got behind it, got real solid. Ty jumped in there and I was like, hey, you good? And he, and he hadn't tried my gun. He dry fired a little bit the day before or sometime, right, I think. Yeah. It's, and you're like, oh, that's light. I was like, yeah, it's pretty light. It's not, it's not Oklahoma light, but it's, it's, it's probably 14 ounces. So it's a little heavier than, than, um, or I should, Morgan King light. But, um, it's a little heavier trigger. So he jumps in there, and I gun was clear. I cleared the gun. I was like, okay, you couldn't see the, you could just see the tops of the bull's paddles in the willows, and the cow was standing up. I was like, dry fire on that cow. Double check the chamber, make sure everything was clear. So he couple dry fires. Like I feel good. I feel good. I was like, okay, and we got set up, and and I don't know. You felt you feel pretty solid the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. The setup was really good which i was just impressed that we were able to make that work like if i was by myself there's no way i would even attempt it to i mean there's literally this little mound in the <laughs> middle of this forest and we just cut a shooting lane but yeah yeah com- completely solid we uh we put the uh butt on had your pack and a shooting bag yep. um back there so everything was solid um sitting on a bipod and like i said it was it was i was really impressed um yeah, I, I just said I said, "Hey, watch your level, and we'll wait for he stop." So then I guess walk him through the. We were, I mean, as soon as we got set up, the cow started moving. We knew we were crunched for time because it take us about what thirty minutes to get from our up on the glassing mountain where we were glassing. Yeah, down to the bottom, down the hill, across this flat, and then through that timber. Yeah, about, shoot, shooting over the river. But. Yeah, shoot, to shoot. So it took us about thirty minutes to get down the mountain, just kind of cruising along. Um, to get there, so I knew we were close on time because by then it was about was it nine it had to be about nine nine little after yeah. nine o'clock and yeah. it was a pretty it was a sunny warmish day and the you know they don't generally it was moose like colder weather they're not going to lay in the sun all day yeah. so um, but he was just pinned up with that cow um, so anyway you jumped in there five minutes ten minutes went by I don't even think that it was like. We just got done just in time, and the yeah. cow starts milling off. And Marty's like, "I was setting up the uh, the spotter uh, with that with that all in um, the, the phone adapter, which thing. is insane. It's by the cool, way. the yeah. magnet thing. You yeah. guys, have, if you guys haven't seen the that thing, it's check it out. It's, yeah. it's sick. It's so sick. much better than the traditional phone scope. Yeah, deal. yeah. And so I was getting that set up. Marty's like, "Hey, the cow's moving." So I was like, "Okay, here we go. Get ready." Ty gets back on the gun. It was real frosty. I was like, don't breathe in the scope. It was real easy to breathe in your scope. And we were on kind of this shadowy, icy side of the, the frosty side of the yeah. the hill there. And so you were ready. Bull stands up instantly. Doesn't stand up and stretches. Stands up and starts walking. And there's not a lot of room. We've got 100, 100, 100 yards maybe before it gets it back into the pines. And he's gone. And so he starts moving to the left. Uh, Marty lets out just a couple bull grunts doesn't stop then a loud cow call doesn't stop pretty much resorts to a a loud yell trying to get this bull to stop 
slows down and he was staying luckily he was staying pretty parallel he wasn't cutting up or down the hill i think he i think he cut down a little bit but not enough to where i was panicked about rearranging and re redialing the scope so i was watching that pretty much side hill stop you sent one hit him it looked good i thought it looked good on video but it was a little high moves are crazy they've got that their way their spine kind of rolls Anyway, it doesn't matter, but they got that big kind of that hump, and there's, so there's a lot of dead area up there, but hit just missed height, like a spine, a little high, and kind of took it, was like, knew he was hurting, walked behind his bush, reloaded, and then he walked through this opening. There was like two openings left. He walked through, this is like five seconds later or less, and walks through the opening. You sent one while he was slow walking, hit him yeah. back of lungs, yeah. and he was dead in seconds five more seconds yeah and I mean, then that was just steam just that yeah well, lung shot well when we get these videos rolling you guys will see that the steam blowing out yeah. just this big he tipped over and just like cool. a whale yeah. blow <laughs> blowing yeah. steam it was pretty surreal man six like, feet in the air. and what was crazy too is like how everything worked out it was literally i don't know it was less than a week it was like five days before we left i was still planning on filming this hunt and then yeah. I, you know the you know with how ben couldn't make it up i mean it went from that to holy crap i'm i'm going moose hunting which has like been a dream of mine forever like literally five days before i left i learned that you know worked out where i could go moose hunt and then like to go up there kill an absolute just bull that i would i've been dreaming about that hunt and i wasn't even dreaming of a bull that big like it it just it's a big canadian yeah giant canadian so it was pretty freaking surreal um experience at all and i mean between everything the the horse you know the making it a horseback hunt just being in the back country with these old insane weather we had couldn't have gone i mean we got got pretty nasty on the trail out but other than that yeah you think about being you know just 40 50 miles below the yukon you know in october you know just this really crappy just snowing sideways is kind of what, what you, yep, you'd expect that's what I was ready for. <laughs> and we were like i was in short sleeve shirts on top of a horse with a yeah, moose a behind me like days, it was yeah. it was crazy it was crazy but yeah it was it was cool so there's three different this is a canadian moose so there's three different moose species there's shirus moose which live in the states and in southern um the southern part of canada and then canadian moose goes from kind of mid canada up to the yukon border and then yukon north is is and then alaska or alaskan yukon moose and so shirus are the smallest species canadian are the second biggest moose species and then the alaskan yukon is the largest moose species body and antler size and so this was a canadian hunt um and and it was a i mean you're kind of a like a 190 inch bull right around there um 55 inch spread like it's a big it's a yeah. big canadian i remember you telling me in that first so. camp you were like man you know this is this great area like there, there are mooses here that look like you know alaskan yukon i'm like really yeah and then every you know people that actually know moose that i've sent the photo to thus far is like that's a canadian yeah like i think it was like a, a alaskan yukon like, yeah, yeah they've killed some they've killed some giants up here they've killed moose in this where we hunted that were bigger than my alaskan canadian yeah that's a that's a rare deal fluke i don't know it's the last time they did it's been a little while but yeah. there are some some big moose and yours has got a killer look it's just it's it's that. a stud it's yeah. a stud it's cool the it's got weird fronts like the whole pans kind of connect you guys will see pictures but there's not like 
definitive fronts. It's got like just points all the way around these big pans. It's yeah. a pretty, it's a pretty cool. And if look. you've never walked up on a moose before, <laughs> you need to walk up on a moose. It's like killing a draft horse yeah. with antlers. Like it, it blows your mind. Like how actual big those animals are. It's <laughs> crazy. Well, what Ben say? Like you can, you could uh, sit on their hind quarter and your feet don't touch the ground. Yeah, yeah, you uh, can. You just, they're 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 huge and that's that's the bit like when we were in alaska we had to backpack that thing and it was heavy um this was the benefit here is horses are a pain to hunt with but they're nice to hunt with they're a lot of work um you know you hobble them and put bells on them turn them out at night and you hope they stay you hope they don't walk 10 miles away during the night which they do yeah Um, what was really nice is when kind of like well, I guess both our situations, we walk down to the moose, we start working it up. By the time, you know, the wranglers and the other guides, you know, you can start hearing the horses come. Yeah, mine we cut up, hiked out, and then brought horses in the next day. But the way yours worked, when we left the mountain, we left Jim up top glassing while we were working in. And then as soon as he knew it was dead, he was able to drop down the other side of the mountain back to camp, get the horse, and he had inreached the wrangler rounded up the horses by the time he had got down to the cabin and then what he was there two three hours later yeah about by, by the time we were done I just think we, about perfect time yeah, i was about to say i think we had everything done but debone um you know yeah, everything yeah. and then you know here comes we, the horses and we literally you know bagged the meat up and threw, threw it in boxes and put yeah. it on horses and didn't even have to yeah. backpack it out which was sweet yeah we had just <laughs> finished caping the head that's right and then he rolls up it was it's to not have to pack a moose is so nice. Yeah. <laughs> Even your, I don't know, how long did we pack your moose? It like 400 yards? No, it was a half, about a half mile. Half a mile? Up the hill. Yeah, that was that was insane. Which, I guess, Alaska is different because they have crazy laws where you yes. have to you keep can't them bone intact. Them out. Yeah. You so have you're to having go to put bone, like yeah. 100 and, I don't even know, 130, 140 pound hind no, quarter in a pack and go uphill. It's It's insane. It was heavy. Yeah, yeah the packing that was it was heavy. So Canada, you can bone them out. So he rolls in. We bon- we got all the quarters off, got everything out, ribs out, tenderloin back straps, your neck meat, everything's cut out. And so then we just start deboning, cutting the cutting everything up, and then making pack boxes equal weights. And then you know, um, those guys go to their expert. they those guys are. It's been probably the best horse hunt I've been on. Those guys know oh, yeah. horses and care about horses more than anybody yeah. I've seen. And, and they can and, pack really, really well. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. It's good hunting with good horse people. Um, yeah. I'm not a horse person. I rode a lot on these different hunts, and I'm it's there. I love them, but they man, do they save some backbreaking work? Oh so. boy, yeah. perfect timing there. Um, but yeah, you made you made a good shot. You you, you your third that the. The lung shot was good. I Definitely mean, more, a lot on. more deadly than, yeah, the first shot. Yep, yep, got that good and just stayed on there. You, you know, you stayed on the, I said just stay on the gun, and you stayed yeah. on there really well. And Which, yeah, honestly, that that second shot, which was obviously what yep. what killed him, was probably farther back than center mass. Like, his vitals their, went. Their lungs are huge. If yeah. you look, their upper lung, if you, hit, if you would have hit low, so he was a hit a little above center, and yeah. so the lungs kind of start low in the chest and work up and back, and the guts sit yeah. underneath there. Yeah. Um, moose are funky. Before you go on a moose hunt, pull up, just Google image like their skeleton and stuff. The way their spine like rolls up, and the big they got these big bones, 
going straight up from their spine over that hump is kind of pay attention to where stuff is it's not your normal deer elk sheep caribou pretty much all the animals i mean if you're going to go bear hunting and elk and moose hunting take a look at the skeleton like an image of that i think it's worth doing because yeah. they, they're a little different especially bears bears are weird yeah bears are weird <laughs> Dude, bears and bears and moose i think are the maybe the two weirdest and bison but yeah. bison are kind of the same they kind of this weird front end but anyway but yeah um, i'm uh, looking forward to getting this video done and getting it out oh, it man, should be, be it should to, be pretty epic be fun to start sharing some of this stuff with you guys and and um yeah so well we're oh are we hour 15 hour 10 so cool um thanks for coming on absolutely if we got i don't know another 20 something hours yeah we could we could, re- <laughs> we could record the world's most boring podcast for the next 24 hours yeah we'll spare you guys so anyway <laughs> I appreciate you. Again, we'll be catching up, but we're going as soon as we're, I'm driving the next couple of days home, and then I get on a plane to leave. On a we're going to uh, Newfoundland for a woodland caribou, which is a pretty rare species of caribou. Not rare, but a, it's a it's in a small area um, over in Newfoundland, so up northeast or eastern Canada. So heading there, um, and then we'll be back and fly from there to the Arctic for a crazy hunt we're hunting um central bearing ground caribou and a polar bear which will be we'll see how that could, that'll be interesting so yeah. um we'll keep you guys posted um i haven't decided talking to you guys i you know understand hunting and and management and obviously the biologists have they're a healthy population of polar bears it's not like it's a endangered anything but i don't know that i'm how much film and pictures i'll do of the polar bear because people get weird about that and i understand that because I, I think there's been a lot of misinformation yeah. about polar bears that they're endangered or what whatever but they're i mean they're as strong as ever um you know because I, I was asking those questions too i was like where are we at because i'm not i'm not big into shooting endangered like i'm not that guy that wants to go and shoot the last whatever I don't have that in me, I, but so I was asking because I, you know, I just didn't know, and I'm into this stuff, and I didn't know, so um, I've been asking and looking into that. I'm going to do some more, but everything I've seen is like super healthy population, just managing bears. Uh, you work with Inuit uh, tribes; um, it benefits them. It's anyway, it's a pretty neat, neat deal that I've, I've learned a fair bit about, and we'll learn a lot more. So I don't know if I'll, put, I don't know, sure what we're going to do with video and pictures of that, just because it's sensitive, but. Um, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it here, and I'm sure we'll sure we'll post a few. So we'll see how that goes. So anyway, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. If you have any questions, check us out once again. Ty Ty Eubank 17. Yep. At Instagram, check yep. out the pictures. You guys seen? Them. I've been posting pictures yeah, too. So keep up. They've been doing some pretty insane content. It's been fun. The past so. few months. So, yeah. All right, guys. Later.